The Final Fantasy Podcast is brought to you by the Akashic. Do you like zombies? Do you like crystals? How about crystal zombies? No, we're not ripoffs of the Sia from Final Fantasy 13. Shut up. If you're running a kingdom and you're a maniac and you don't feel like dealing with people, considering converting your entire populace to the Akashic today. Welcome to the Final Fantasy Podcast. I'm Blue Highwind. Joining me today is, um, you know, these people. You can introduce yourselves in whatever order you want. I'm Scathe. Hello. Now someone else does it. Uh, chip, uh, some Komaichi. I'm Nutrisan. Okay, alphabetical order. Right? Yes. Yes. All right. So, uh, the yeah. yes, yeah, yes. The Final Fantasy Wiki podcast is the podcast of the Final Fantasy Wiki, which is a wiki about Final Fantasy. And I think that describes the entire story, right? Are we any more yes. complicated can, than that? It can be found at h double tp uh, backwards slash. Remember when people did that in, in, in like advertisements? Or like, no, well, you would... like if you like watched like a television show, it was like, you know, you can find us at H double T P colon yeah, like, that... you know, colon double backslash. Like they had to like write out the whole uh, I don't remember that, but I remember you'd have to yeah, say no, www and... dot. Yeah, well, like even in the nineties your web browser would do the HTTP bits automatically, so yeah. Um Maybe I just maybe I just grew up among boomers, but like I I distinctly remember advertisements still for some reason reading that out as like a, a necessary oh, thing you oh no I, I remember that too i just also remember being stupid because even the uh you know most simple web browsing stuff already did that for you what does that even mean what does it do hypertext transfer protocol uh basically it, it, it... uh basically the internet runs on pretty much exactly the same system that you used the the, in, uh, the internet URLs have to start with the name of the protocol that you're using to communicate with, and this system even gets used within uh, your computer. Like if you want your browser to open something that's on your computer already, uh, you can do that. You just have to replace the HTTP with file because that's that's the protocol for just open something on my fucking computer i don't care how you're communicating with it okay. yeah i mean it's like the it's like you know the series of tubes and you need to talk to the tubes and then the tubes release the the internet juice into your computer is basically i think it's how it works yeah and www uh, is... you already today yeah. that's uh that's world wide web of course mm-hmm. which uh the internet the internet super highway it's yeah. just it's just waiting for you Yes. As we know, you know, the U.S. military and all the greatest minds worked for dozens, decades maybe, to develop computers to allow random people around the planet, mostly in the Anglosphere, but not exclusively, to then go and gather and compile the greatest trove of knowledge about the Final Fantasy series. Yeah, and here we are, the podcast yeah. therein. Yeah. Alan yeah, Turing the, the dreamed of this. For you to come read contribute 
uh, maybe get blocked because you posted the same thing on someone's talk page 10 times in a row and are not getting a hint. That's something that happened on the wiki over the past week, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah, that's our wiki news. Okay, yeah. give give us give us the wiki the wiki spice. Here we go. Because yeah. we don't really have that much Final Fantasy news, right? So let's just go for the wiki wiki news right now. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, if you want to hear about some absurd coding bullshit I'm doing, just mainly to spite one guy in particular. Um, so so Major Wiki, the 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 software that we run on, uh, it has this thing known as uh, auto confirmed, and basically it's just. If you have an account for long enough, you do enough uh, edits, then your uh, then your account is automatically trusted a bit more and can do things like like edit pages that anonymous users aren't allowed to touch. The problem is that's kind of broken on fandom. They uh, they pro they have uh, auto confirmed programmed in such a way that uh, you can just get it by creating an account and then sitting on your ass not do anything for a few days which means that that kind of protection doesn't work so just this morning i figured out uh, how to get our auto uh, moderator to uh, to detect when someone who has just recently created an account is trying to overcome that and tell them no go edit a few other places first so we actually trust you well done. Uh, wasn't and I expect lot. someone's going to yell at me for this because, you know, it's basically directly fucking with something fandom did, but in this case, I'm fucking with it to make it more secure, so, yeah. Wasn't the other well, issue that... Went ahead. Oh, wait, sorry. Who's going first? Uh, I was just saying what fandom doesn't know won't hurt them. Okay. Uh, so wasn't the other issue that this was like kind of a universal thing? So like, if you edit a few times in another wiki, the like yeah, auto system yeah, thought it was good for this wiki too. Yeah, yeah. Fandom applies auto confirm to every site on Fandom at the same time. So, so yeah, it does allow you to circumvent it on another site. But again, you don't need to do that because there's no edit count requirement at all on it on fandom so you just have to wait out the timer is this like fandom's weird attempt to try to i don't know stop making wikis seem like independent websites and that's all just one amorphous blob of stuff i don't know i don't care i I don't know. I don't care. I fucked around with abuse filter for a couple hours this morning just to figure out the exact type thing I need to type in to detect uh, when someone is trying to edit a protected page just so I could install this thing. So, you know, whatever they're, they're, they're trying to do with this, with how this works, I don't care anymore because I've, because I've stopped it. What we need is for somebody here to be a multi-millionaire so that we can just get out of fandom and start our own website. God. I mean... Well, yeah, I mean... Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, I have it's, uh, it's lots really of money. Remarkable. You just need to... I think there's a little bit of startup. Just, like, I see a little bit of a startup pool from everybody if you just pull in a little bit, and then I can, you know... It'll, it'll you know, like, transfer. Like, I, my, my bank account, like, there's, like, a key on it. It, it just needs like five dollars from everybody, and then I can give it to everyone. Okay. 
it, I must say it's really remarkable because one of the problems was to, with doing this in multiple people tried that is of course Google SEO uh, op optimization. But in playing FF16 and Tears of the Kingdom recently, it's really remarkable how completely dreadful uh, any website is for trying to work out how to do things in video games anymore. Yeah. Is anyone else finding that as well? I'm finding... Well, it's, all, it's all trash, yeah. I'm finding that most guide sites are pretty good if you go to normal, like, you know, they go to The Gamer or whatever. You can just question whatever you need. Uh, but this is becoming an increasing problem that there's just more and more trash on the internet that's completely useless. Mm -hmm. Yes. Actually... Thanks, chat GPT. Actually, weirdly enough, I, I was thinking this, I was discussing this in another Discord, but nobody picked up on my comment, but wikis might end up being one of the more reliable sites because at least there's some human group that's going and moderating over everything, and it's not for profit so if somebody's just spamming tons and tons of nonsense there'll at least be some kind of editorial backlog to it and you at least have the yeah, well, history and you waiting. can see it so i uh, waiting for wikipedia's scandal like wikipedia's uh you know ai generated content scandal it's going to happen eventually where it's going to turn out like hundreds of uh, articles about northern scottish islands or something are going to be generated by ai and it's all going to be completely wrong just like how that one person made up the scots language yeah exactly don't worry there's... about that phantom attempted to have one of those scandals two weeks ago oh there's, there's already something like that which i think it's a tagalog wikipedia version is almost entirely made up by one dude just translating the articles uh using software from English. Oh, that's the, the, the Scots uh, one. No, no, yeah, it's the not the Scots, Scots one. It's, uh, no, 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 it's, it's a different Wikipedia as well. Wait, yeah, there a, are multiple Filipino that language. have that problem? <laughs> it's a Filipino, it's a, it's, a lang it's a Filipino language. I think it's not Tagalog, but it's a different it's a different language. It's one of the bigger ones, but it's only because everything is like a one-sentence translation from made up by AI about like random yeah, places. Yeah, and in, about like really like random Scotland. things, like, like random villages and so on. Uh... All right, so everything's trash. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's Cebuano is the second biggest Wikipedia. That's just because of one guy. Wait, it's the second biggest. Second biggest language. Uh, like, yeah, second biggest language Wikipedia. of all of them. Of yeah. all of them, yeah. And it's one guy that did the whole thing. Yeah. So this Wikipedia, this uh, wiki has eleven million pages. The German one for comparison has 7.8 million um but it only has five admins and 106 users 106,000 users by comparison the german uh wikipedia has 4 million users oh man all right so everything sucks and it's just getting worse as yes, usual that's correct all right okay. great well, anyway, we have a uh, we have a topic of great positivity coming up, which is Final Fantasy sixteen. But before we get to yep. that, we should talk about the news, right? Yep. Okay, let's hear it. Give me that news. All right. So, um, there's only a few tiny little bits. First of all, um, this was earlier this month. Uh, Hideki Kamiya, who you might know as the guy on Twitter who blocked you. Uh, he is uh, Platinum Games exec. He um, he 
went and spoke to a topic that came up earlier on this podcast a few months ago, which Yoshi P was deciding that he disliked the term JRPG. Uh, Hideki Kamiya decided that, uh, well, I don't say decided. His opinion is that uh, Japan should be proud of the term JRPG and actually wants his own term J-Action. Of course, uh, Hideki Kamiya is also prone to just saying things, often not in 100% seriousness, and he also has the trope of blocking you on Twitter all the time. I think I'm blocked by him. Yeah. No. I mean, if you've ever, if in the past few years you made a tweet in English as him, you get instantly blocked for that, so. um... Well, that was your mistake. You should have been tweeting in Japanese the entire time if you wanted Mm -hmm. to speak to Platinum Games Executive. I think I complained He's about just... Bayonetta 3's ending, and I think I'm blocked by him, just for saying uh, that. Yeah. yeah. If, if I remember correctly, he's a, a secret boss in Nier Automata, so you can go kill him in that game. I think only in a DLC or something? Or yeah, and in one of the DLC, you can kill him and also the former CEO of Square Enix. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that, at least. If you, if you want to take out your rage against him, he's, he's just there oh. waiting for you. I mean... Also, I do need to say, the ending of Bayonetta 3 was terrible. Indefensibly bad. Uh, So let's move on. Um, Alright, the big news that's coming up is... uh, This month there was the closed beta for Final Fantasy Ever Crisis. This is the big new mobile game that'll be the... I I don't even know what you call this now. Final Fantasy Compilation. The compilation of Final Fantasy 7, is it even in that? the compilation it's, it's of... final fantasy 7 powered by compilation okay yeah uh so there's going to be an original story and they did release a few characters uh one of which is this fellow glenn lodbach lodbrock who uh isn't it, isn't it lothbrook i don't i don't know man maybe but, but that, that was that was that's the that's ragnar the, yeah the, the viking that's yeah ragnar. exactly yeah that's, ragnar, his, that's, his, that's what he's named after could be um whoa vehicles driving by just another cycle yeah <laughs> ragnar yeah, that, on that was, motorcycle yeah, yeah those, what, was, what was the name of the motorcycle guy from the final seven remake it was that guy oh i Roche. can't remember D- Roche, yes. Roche. yes thank Roche. you yeah 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 that's uh, i haven't played final seven uh final fantasy seven remake and i think that's the only thing that i've been shown about it is the motorcycle guy and also cloud dancing those are the Which best are, parts, honestly, yeah. the two best parts. It's the two yeah. best parts of the game. Uh, that and uh, Jessica's new name, uh, Raspberry. So, um, alright. So, this guy, Glenn, um, a theory is that he might be Cloud's dad. He's definitely not Cloud's dad. He's a soldier P0 class. And, quote, he volunteers for a dangerous mission in enemy territory. One with a large reward to locate a site for the construction of a Mako reactor. I think this might be the abandoned story mode for Final Fantasy, the first soldier, which they've backported into this yeah, new game. This is uh this is first soldier related, which first soldier's dead, so Yeah. Might as well recycle it. We uh, never got to play our uh battle royale mobile battle royale free to play pay to win game on on stream. What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> I played one round and I think that was enough. Anyway, uh, this uh, this new game's coming out September seventh on Android and iOS. Uh, 
I guess it's going to be Square Enix's big new push. There are some reviews out of the closed beta. Uh, Fabula Novus Crystallis, that website, they seemed okay with it. But also, you have to like this kind of game. Uh, I uh, I might give it a shot. I don't know. Is it like? I mean, it's, it's just it's just like one of those mobile games, right? That just like you just pay to pay to speed up stuff, and it's like an auto battle yeah, or something. It's, it's a gotcha RPG. Yeah, like uh, I guess it has a bit more depth than is usually the like what we're usually used to when we hear about gotcha role playing games. But it's still one of those, and and like you have to you know put, roll roll the fucking uh, all the fucking gotcha to get you know, new weapons and outfits and a lot of these outfits look bad, frankly. Speaking of mobile RPGs vaguely related to Square Enix, has anyone played, uh, I think it's called A Cat in Time? It's uh, Masato Kato and Yasunori Mitsuda's uh, collaboration, which mm-hmm. is a mobile RPG. It's been out for a while and it's actually available free on Steam as well. I have um, not heard of this. Not a gotcha at all, but I mean that is the dream team that brought us Chrono Trigger and then a bunch of things that were not as good as Chrono Trigger. Yeah, I didn't hear about this <laughs> at <laughs> all. What? Let me check this out. Cat in Time. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I know the uh, Chrono Trigger composer. Isn't he working on a new game soon? He might be um, he might be working in that uh, Sea of Stars game that's coming out in a few days. Mitsuda. Oh uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's on that. Yeah. Huh. This is. Oh wait, this is Cats in Time. That's clearly not it. A Cat in Time. I'm trying to find it. Uh, let me just look I up. I can't Masato. remember what it's called. Just look up Masato Kato. I'm yeah, I'm looking him up. No, not Masato from Evangelion. Google. Try better. Another Eden? Ah, that's... Is that it? Could be. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. That's, it. that's it. But that was a 2017 so game. Beyond Time and Space is the subtitle. Ah, that's what I was thinking okay. of. Okay, this came out uh, looks like Worldwide 2019. And they were going to make a Switch port. I don't know if that ever actually happened. Uh... Yeah, I, I I heard of this, and then I didn't really hear much anything beyond that. I think it's on Steam. Okay. And apparently isn't, well, at least what I've heard, allegedly, is that the mobile nonsense isn't that high. Like, you know, the, the timers and gotcha and all that sort of stuff. Oh, it's I see. Not. I know this one. This is the one where they have, like, chibi battles things. The characters look very chibi in the battles. This uh, this pixel art looks okay, or pseudo pixel art, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know if I got time for this, but uh, Sea of Stars that looks like a lot of fun. That was a good. There was a good demo for that. Yeah, well, I haven't heard of that one. What is that? That's a upcoming. Um, you know, because every single, it's it's an indie JRPG style game. Uh, the characters run like ducks in a row, like Chrono Trigger, so everyone compares it immediately to Chrono Trigger. It's got uh, more of a Mario RPG combat thing, and it's got very pretty pixel art. So it's timed hits. You know about timed hits? Yes, yes, it's got timed hits. 
uh, you know, one of my favorite games of last year was an indie JRPG, so I'm always interested in another one of those. Chained Echoes. I think I called it the best Final Fantasy game of 2022. Memory serves. Anyway, uh, does, yep. anyone, does anyone have anything else to say about Ever Crisis? Um, no. Some horrible costumes have been released for it. Yeah, I guess that's a uh, last bit of news. This is uh, coming out of Bloomberg. Uh, Square Enix had their next, uh, I guess, like their stock release and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they had a 15% drop on August 6th because of a 79% decline in operating profit. Uh, it seemed that Final Fantasy 16 sold well enough for them to brag that it sold $3 million in one day, but also, question mark, question mark, if it sold enough. All this sort of stuff is very hard to tell because they don't release very good data on any of these sorts of things. This is all the Japanese stock market. Uh, and Square Enix is disappointed when their games don't sell 10 billion copies, so it's yeah. hard to tell, really. They have bizarre expectations on his life. Yeah. Well, the, the, their claim is that 16 is basically dead on expectation, which... Yeah, probably would be if uh, you know Seven Remake's launch window sold uh, three point five million. You know, so so for a for a smaller platform with uh, a smaller platform with higher costs, three million would would make sense. Uh, the the numbers they put out are just kind of weaker. They're like, yeah, yeah, we made we made big profits and nearly everything went up, but we've burnt through nearly all of that money already. <laughs> Like, it's mainly just that operating income thing that I guess indicates that they spent a lot more than they actually made. And part of that is that they just released way too much last year. Like, they were putting out uh, new things every week. They were competing against themselves a lot of the time. Yeah, that uh, there was that tactical RPG they released late September last year that I never got around to playing. I don't think anyone got around to it either. What was that thing they called? They just released, they released thousands of farming strategy? simulators as well. Sorry, no, Triangle Strategy was a while back. I've, I think Blue's thinking of uh, of Dio Field, but I'm hedging my bet there because I think his description matches multiple titles because Square Enix was, was completely overboard with releasing stuff late last year. No, I played Triangle Strategy to completion. I like that game. It was Dio Field uh, Chronicles. That was an okay game. I mean, uh, Triangle Strategy was an okay game. I no one had anything good to say about Dio Field, so. Uh, also, Mario Rabbids came out late last year, and I never had time for that, and that never happened. There were a lot of tactical RPGs from last year I never got around to. Like I know a bunch of people who uh, weren't aware that uh, you know Yoko Taro's uh, like voice of cards thing was actually a trilogy because like. All three of them were released within the space of the year, and the second and third really close to one another. I played the first one of those as a demo, and it was kind of boring, I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, yeah, the thing is, is that in terms of sales, I mean, obviously operating costs are down because they, games don't sell that much after the first week. But I imagine when the game comes out for PC at the beginning of next year, they'll 
you know, it'll probably launch with some DLC or something. Yeah. And they'll and people will get they'll get some more money. I mean, they they think, I feel like although they did promise the game is complete, which I think is true, the fact I, I think that they will probably drop some expansion packs for this game. Oh uh, yeah, sixteen yeah. will absolutely get another bump in sales once the PC version comes out. But I don't think that was a problem to square in the first place. And uh, we'll probably have an Xbox version too once the uh, Sony exclusivity version drops. I bet that has PC and Xbox. Maybe. Like, uh, one thing that's actually come up in the the past couple of weeks because Gamecom has happened, a lot of developers really fucking hate having to develop for the Xbox Series S. Like the, Why is uh, that? the weak, like the weaker console. Microsoft's because uh, yeah, Microsoft's strategy was that you know you put out you put out a game, it's going to be exactly the same on the Series X, the Series S, and in some cases even the Xbox One. And this has caused problems because the Series yeah, S yeah. is significantly weaker than both the Series X and the PlayStation Five. You see, see, so see, like, I'm what they consider a pro gamer, right? And yeah, I still mm-hmm. don't remember the differences between any of these Xbox consoles. They all have stupid names. I can't even remember yes, which, one is, which one is which and what even the point of any of them are. I've never seen anyone have one. I've never heard of anyone buying one. I, I don't think they're even popular. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, like, uh, this all like came to a head uh, with uh, Baldur's Gate 3 when they announced that uh, the Xbox version is delayed indefinitely. And while they didn't say it openly everyone uh, knew that it was because uh, uh larian studios were having trouble getting the uh getting the multiplayer features working on the xbox series s and uh, like you know, microsoft made a big show oh we're going to help larian uh, make this game work and eventually they just announced uh yeah it's coming out but the multiplayer only works on series x Are and you... uh, at the same time at the same time, uh, Phil Spencer was claiming, "Oh, oh, we we never said that there's a uh, there's feature parity only for uh, uh, Stephen uh, Toledo, who's a, a jo- journalist on the gaming beat at Axios, uh, released a copy of the older 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 Xbox contracts, which spe- specifically said that the Series X and Series S versions of games must have feature parity." <laughs> You just saying you had a point, right? Yeah, I was just going to say that it's truly unfortunate that apparently Sony, uh, through its marketing genius, has uh, claims that being able to name your consoles 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, so that Xbox is completely fucked over when they try and work out how to name their consoles in a row. You know what's amazing on that topic? Uh, Sony is the first console to ever think of one two three four five because even like atari when they first were creating consoles they went 2600 5200 they're like in this random order though oh wait sorry magnavox odyssey there was the odyssey 2 i do have to revise yeah, that one well, statement but atari was like hundreds after, named places. after the movie yeah. of course odyssey 2 what's odyssey 2 The... Yeah, it's really amazing how no one else has decided to do this. Nintendo, no. Sega, no. It's only Sony is capable of naming its consoles one, two, three, four, five. The 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 the, the whatever the Switch Two is called is there's a good chance it's going to have one of the weirdest names ever made because 
Yeah, Nintendo already blew up one console by doing that with the Wii and the Wii U. It's going to be called the new Switch 2. Again. Yeah. Actually, Switch 2 would be probably the best name for it. Yeah, Switch 2 would be the best name for it. To Switch 2 Furious. The thing is, is that moving back to Final Fantasy 16, like, if you think about Xbox releasing like they, the, the big first party console game they released for xbox was the terrible vampire game while nintendo released tears of the kingdom and sony released final fantasy 16 right well as the two but i mean for sony didn't release final fantasy 16 but it came out for as a, a sole title for playstation 5 i mean they, for they xbox you money have money into it that it's effectively first party for xbox yeah. they uh give it a few days because starfield will be out that's their big game of the year it's a lot of advertisement for that vampire game, which I forgot the name of already. Um, Redfall? Uh, yeah, Redfall. Redfall, yeah. Redfall. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I uh, I don't know. I, I've played... The only beside the game I played was Skyrim about, you know, 10, 100 years ago when they released it. Because apparently, you know... It was released in like 2010 or something, right? It's quite old now. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a... Well, we'll see. My, my, my experience with that game was it just didn't really work because I played it on PlayStation 3. But I'm sure people will enjoy their, their Starfield game, but I won't play it. Not because I'm a hater. Well, but I can I already predict what I can already predict what Starfield's going to like, be like. I mean, it's on the same engine and everything, so it's going to be Is one it of really the glitchiest on the same things engine? anyone... Yes. So it's going to be one of the glitchiest things anyone's ever played, and everyone's going to uh, going to consider it one of the greatest games ever. It turns out it turns across the board, and will probably sell less than Baldur's Gate three because that's been a runaway success. Like I think only uh, Tears of the Kingdom has outsold it this year so far. I thought Square Enix was the most obsessive for making their developers use just the worst, horrible, outdated engines of all time. But apparently that's a thing. Oh that no, they, they've uh, they they're primarily an Unreal house now. Well, they've changed. They've, they've moved. It. Yeah, like 16's in house, but uh, you know the seven remake trilogy that's on Unreal, and Kingdom Hearts three as well, and Kingdom Hearts is on Unreal. Yeah, Microsoft actually has a bad reputation now for using old, outdated stuff because that's the problem with Halo Infinite. That's still running on old tech from like original Halo. Like, they've just been working on the same engine all these years, and Infinite was a complete catastrophe. They were just unable to get that game running properly for them to keep and building the, the, it the way they wanted it. The plan was impossible to begin with. You know, they they had they claimed they had, like, this 10-year plan for this game that they were releasing at the end of the Xbox One's lifespan on the Xbox One. Anyway, uh, Final Fantasy sixteen. I feel like we should uh, actually get to that topic, right? So, yeah. Skaith and Yunchasan, I think you both have thoughts about Final Fantasy 16. Me and Some Color Mage gave our thoughts last month, so you can listen to that all the podcasts you want to hear what we have to think. Also, in a bit of self promotion, you should go to H double T P S colon backslash backslash www.bluehighland.blogspot.com. You could read my review of it. I wrote uh, like twenty five hundred words on the game. That was that was that was a uh, pretty good, honestly. Once you got past the the first hurdle, it's very there. difficult. No one ever says it, so it's like it's a weird and unnatural. Scope uh, and I have a thing where we, if we talk about what we're going to do for the rest of the 
day, we have to say, what shall we do with the remains of the day? A novel by Nobel Prize winning author Kazuo Ishiguro, and it's strangely difficult to get through it. Done it well. Um, but in terms of Final Fantasy XVI, um, I, so I read the review. Um, I won't spoil it for those, those who want to read it. Um, but I basically agree with it, but I have an interesting opinion where my sentiment has fallen to the other side of the Nile River. So while Bill Hyman lives among the crocodiles in the reeds, I bask in the with the hippos on the other side. And I actually enjoyed the game overall. Wait, which, even though I which agree side with, am I on? The east or west side? You're in the cro- you're with the crocodiles in the reeds. Yeah, but working. am I like am I towards Libya or am I to the promised land? You're you're towards Libya, unfortunately. Oh darn. Alright, fine. No offense, yeah. Libya. Unfortunately that's where the crocodiles are. I'm I'm uh-huh. I'm in the promised land. I'm in the land of milk and honey. Okay. Um, and you are outside in the desert, wandering Whoa. for forty days and forty nights. One more joke. No, no I have sucker. to. I have to do one more joke before we get to the point. I'm Benny in the movie The Mummy, going and proudly proclaiming that I have all the horses, and you're pointing out that I'm on the wrong side of the river. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. correct. Yes. All right. Now, yeah, your thoughts uh, on this. <laughs> it's okay. The to, to to put the extended metaphor to rest. Um, the I. I agree essentially with the flaws that I think everyone agrees with because it's, it's, but the thing is that ultimately the flaws do not detract from the sentiment that I ultimately have of the, of positivity. Well, the flaws being one, the game is too long. Uh, there's a lot of weird filler in it. Uh, there's some strange decisions in, uh, plot structure and, and writing and the worst thing is the purple filter they put on three, two-thirds of the way through the game that doesn't go away. And oh, I forgot to mention that. Shit. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> uh, which, is very, which is very bizarre. A very bizarre choice is really bad. And the game, is, the game is honestly beautiful. Like, it looks good. But then they put a purple filter over it, and the game becomes blurry for the last third of the game for reasons unknown. <laughs> um, then, but I think that the, the thing that's interesting about this game is that it's it succeeds in ways that other Final Fantasy games do not, which is namely, this is by far the most fun Final Fantasy game to play, just gameplay-wise, without, I think, any comparison, except you can maybe argue Final Fantasy V or Tactics. But it, it, it but the, obviously this is fun in a very different way from those games. And the, the, the fundamental game that they've created uh, is very good, and the, but there is the, the, the one problem where it does get dragged out in the middle. But like when the game is good, it's one of the best, or if not the best, Final Fantasy experiences they've created, but the problem is the game is not always good. And I'm not saying this is my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time, which is not the case, but I think that having just played Final Fantasy XV before playing this game, I I think maybe... I feel like this this is... this is And it, along with Seven Remake, it really shows that Square Enix has found at least... A path forward that isn't like they've come out of the, the the darkness a little bit, and they found a path forward of, of uh, something that they can use as a template uh, as for games going forward. They found something that is actually, you know, functional. They were able to finish a game, <laughs> which is you know is good. And, and and although I think the the major problem is that the game doesn't have enough variety within it, is something that I, I imagine that. It was a bit of an overreaction to Final Fantasy XV, which is a game with far too much in it. But I, I, I do think that the continual problem with Square Enix is that they continue to overreact to the previous game. But that being said, I 
liked the experience overall. Uh, and I wouldn't put it at 11th. I would put it at least somewhere in the middle of my list of games that I like. And it's, but, but I will say that it doesn't have the same sort of manic energy that a lot of Final Fantasy games do have that really makes them quite unique in their own way. This sort of uh, desire to do everything, but never come quite there or sometimes exceed our expectations because of all the madness that they try to get at, which is what, what we like about some of the greatest games in the series, like seven or nine or 12, even some, even eight, which is not, I think everyone's favorite necessarily, but, and is a very flawed game, but it's a very memorable game <laughs> in its failures and its overreach and its excess. Um, and this game is not a game of excess. It's a game of restraint. It's a game that is somewhat safe, but in its safety, it does something that is quite unsafe, which is completely change how the game plays. And that itself is very quite risky. And I think that risk was a success. But as I said, the does have a lot of flaws, which do uh, detract from the experience. But that, that's overall my experience from the game. That's my final thoughts. Okay. I'm uh, I'm not going to do a, uh, I don't know, like thesis defense here or whatever we're doing. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. Should we summarize my review or we could just move on past it? Because I don't think we have to go and make that the main subject of the conversation. Oh, I, I, I was just building off the review, yeah. Yeah. There were other questions we had about this whole thing, so I mean, I don't think we want to bog this down with just going over going over yours and uh, my yeah, my opinions on yeah. the on the game again. Just yeah. uh just like quick quick summary because Scape did build off the review. Is my my plot my point was the game is good in its main like core very very great that's a fun thing and the first few hours are fantastic the problem is the game is stretched over about 40 hours and many of the systems in the game are not necessary and also this game is trying to be a prestige hbo drama just because that's kind of what sony sells now as its major games that's kind of the goal considering last of us is now an hbo prestige drama that seems to be a kind of level of maturity that the game is attempting but it's largely opposed and it's not compatible with what this game actually wants to do and the story is trying to tell but we have one other person whose opinion matters probably more importantly than everyone else's because you know she gets to go last so final thoughts uh yuncha-san what did you think of final fantasy 16 yeah so i mean i agree with a lot of the points that have been made before but i've had a very strange emotional reaction to Final Fantasy 16. I had lots of questions about as well, which I will bounce back to you guys. It's, I don't want to say I'm disappointed by this game because I feel like I'm not. There's a lot of things which are good about this game. And it's a strange thing where I think the icon bits are so great. And then so much of this game is good. And then the bits which aren't as good are kind of mediocre instead of being terrible, like in FF15. And I feel like my emotional reaction to this is therefore worse and more harsh because the bits in between are mediocre rather than just plain bad or overambitious or overly stretched. Um, it's interesting as well. There's a lot of critiques that we can talk about in terms of the plot and the treatment of characters and so on. And I wonder when I assess this game and my overall reaction to it, why are people so much uh, 
kind of to Tears of the Kingdom, which I think in many aspects is a much worse game than this. Tears of the Kingdom is universally praised, even though its combat system is terrible, its plot is terrible, its characters are also kind of boring. Um, it runs terribly as well. Um, and it's a game that, to be honest, I have not finished, uh, partly because FS16 released, and then I just wasn't that interested enough to go back to it. Um, Tears of the King is also a game that doesn't have the thrust that FS16 had at the beginning. But overall, I feel quite positive about Tears of the Kingdom and it appears everyone else does as well. And I'm wondering why is there that difference in opinion? Um, I wonder as well in terms of reactions to FF16. Um, it's been a long time since we've had a Final Fantasy game. And in some ways, I feel we're harsher on this game than we've been on games in the past. And that's probably because most of us were teenagers and children when we were playing earlier Final Fantasy games. Um, so it's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was to see how our reactions were a couple of weeks after playing FF16 and seeing if emotions have changed now that we're out of it. Um, I think the other question I've been coming back to over and over again is, is this game ambitious enough? Because um, I think Final Fantasy games usually are very ambitious and inspired. Um, and I want to say that it's, uh, it's not unambitious because they changed the gameplay entirely. They did try to do something new. Um, but at the same time, it feels like they did play not exactly safe, but they curtailed what they were going to do. There's just not enough wackiness in this game. We needed to do something silly, like why can't Clive race chocobos? Or why did we never actually get a crafting mini game in this? Why can we not go and try and have awkward dates with Gav um, or with the other people there? Um, it's just not enough weirdness in this game. FF15 was a really weird game, and then this game is not very weird at all. I have thoughts as well about the higher level gameplay um, in this game. Uh, the gameplay is a lot of fun, but I think one of the weaknesses is Clive kind of does the same thing in every fight, regardless of what the fight is, except for Barnabas, who's a really amazing fight um, and actually responds to your actions and so on. He's got like windows and so on. I don't think it's so much a fault of gameplay and combat design as it is of enemy design. Um, so I'd like to segue into saying what is your most desired DLC for FF16 because my most desired DLC is to have Limit Cut and to have some super losses to uh, really stretch um, the meaning of the combat and gameplay. Because Kingdom Hearts 3 was also had a similar problem where the game was too easy and Sora had a billion tools and you could do anything in the game to try and defeat the enemies, it didn't really matter, but Limit Cut was really incredible. I, I think that would be, a, yeah. I I want to pause DLC talk. Just I just want to respond to Tears of the Kingdom because that is my favorite game of the year, and I did not write a review for it, but I do want to respond to that criticism because, all right, I'll admit you're correct about several things about Tears of the Kingdom. One, the combat is bad. The final boss of that game requires you to have mastered the flurry rush system, which I think does not oh, actually God. work. It doesn't work. I don't think it works. Like, it, it might even be less functional than it was in the last game. That's 
less of a deal breaker for me. Uh, the other thing is, story-wise, it's a story that I think is unfinished, and I have multiple con- complaints about it. They just don't fulfill many of the main topics that it brings up. It it never even explains how this Ganondorf that's in this game connects with Calamity Ganon from the last game. No one even like considers that thought. I will say the major thing that Tears of the Kingdom does good that Final Fantasy XVI does poorly is that Tears of the Kingdom knows it's a Zelda game and is playing in that register. So it's the kind of Zelda tone of weird people that you're meeting and fun characters and high adventure. It's not attempting to be a more mature melodrama that it isn't. It probably should have put more focus into the story and also is almost as bad in terms of female representation because Zelda's barely in that game. And playing those games back to back really left me pissed off about the state of female representation in major video games. Because Final Fantasy 16 does it horribly, Tears of the Kingdom does it really poorly. The other major positive of Tears of the Kingdom is that even though the combat's bad, it has such cool systems. And Final Fantasy 16 doesn't have physics systems, it only has a combat engine. And actually the combat engine is entirely flat. Like there's no other terrains that the game ever works in. There's no other change of the combat where Tears of the Kingdom has all kinds of different ways that the physics can interfere with the combat. So even if the combat's bad, you can at least play around with it and try to avoid it and strategize around it, which you just can't do in 16. Anyway, uh, everyone else, give your DLC thoughts. No, I, I mean, I agree. I'd, uh, part of it is my question to myself. Why do I feel quite positively about Tears of the Kingdom? And it's more about why can we forgive Tears of the Kingdom all of these flaws that it has whilst we nitpick Final Fantasy sixteen for it? I guess it's also just like, it just comes down to like personal preference of what you like doing in games. Because I could play Tears of the... I could turn on Tears of the Kingdom right now and BS in that world for like the rest of the night, just wander around the underworld and explore, even without really much of a point or a plan. It's just fun being there, shooting up in the sky and all that sort of stuff. And I think maybe some people really like just being in Final Fantasy 16, even if the quests are super boring, where I just never found myself loving being in that game when I wasn't doing combat. Yeah, I mean, I think it is just in terms of personal preference, because there's Tears of the Kingdom, in my opinion, is that I think a lot of the game is tedious, honestly. Um, and so it's kind of a, I think it is just a personal preference. I don't know, I just, when I was playing Final Fantasy sixteen, I just, uh, even though it wasn't my favorite Final Fantasy game, I'm reminded that I am a Final Fantasy game and not as much of a Zelda fan. You know, it's just like, I like the series. I was happy to play this game. It was, it was nice to have a new game in the series, even if it wasn't my favorite one of all time. Well, I just, well, I was just not captured in the same way by Tears of the Kingdom, which is not to say that Tears of the Kingdom is a bad game in any way. It's just, I think it is ultimately a personal preference thing in the in the grand scheme of things, I suppose. Yeah. But in terms I, of DLC, I agree with Limit, with limit Cut. I, I will stuff. admit yeah. a, uh, a personal bias here that I think Zelda is the greatest franchise of all time. And uh, Final Fantasy is merely second or third, possibly behind... Uh, possibly behind uh, kingdom uh, hearts 
a pretender to the throne, a cur begging for scraps at his master's table. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, maybe my sense of it is this is one of the, if you'll permit me for saying so, the goodest Final Fantasy games where there's not like really terrible points, just kind of mediocre points, and the game's very well made, but it's not that great a game other than the icon battles and i unlike many games in final fantasy where you could kind of see the kind of greatness they were aiming for it feels like they didn't really aim for that greatness yeah final fantasy 15 is the greatest final fantasy game but it's one of the worst ones if that makes any sense like they, 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 they yeah final fantasy 15 is like a game that if you, when you imagine it it's like wow this is the best game i've ever played but then you actually play it and you're like wait this game is actually not good in any way um final fantasy 16 is not that final fantasy 16 is a good game when you play it it is good the systems work the game does not crash um the the game they actually have a ending they finished the game there's um and there's all these sort of things that final fantasy 15 fails at but in some ways final fantasy 15 is a immemorable experience that i look upon with some fondness same with final fantasy 8 which is a game i think is also an enormous failure but i have very deep bizarrely deep memories of that and like impression of that game on my mind and perhaps because i played it as a you know and for at formable you know like a, a time that it was malleable but i think also because it was just a a memorable experience and a memorable failure in that way and and final Fantasy 16 is not a memorable failure i don't I, know if i define i don't think i define any of these games as failures final fantasy 8, i think final fantasy 15 final fantasy 15, 15 is a failure 15 yes i think that game is probably irredeemable i think that is still at the bottom of my ranking it... in the case of like you know from a corporate perspective 15 was definitely a clear success but as uh, as something to like you know it's a race i'm think of in the past it it's pretty much dead in that respect like you know they put out this one game one game which was kind of flawed but okay in the vacuum and then their studio did all this dlc that got that started terrible got slightly better and then got cancelled because the director fled and then yeah. they made for spoken oh and yeah and then square enix closed the studio yeah for spoken so, like i paid 70 dollars so for that like, game i paid so like it feels like from a uh development perspective 15's just a dead end well i mean you're one of the you can you can be one of the privileged few to pay 70 dollars for forspoken because i don't think anyone else has no i mean <laughs> some people did but jesus i you know what that game that is something i like I about look. 16 16 is a game with sincerity <laughs> Fifteen was also a game with sincerity. It was just campy. Oh yeah, God, that that's still full price on Steam. That's still one hundred and fifteen Australian dollars. Fuck that. One hundred and fifteen uh, Australian dollars for Forspoken. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, I will spend say that. two things that uh, FF fifteen did really well, which I think FF sixteen did not do well. Is FF sixteen's world in terms of being able to explore? It's really boring. They really dropped the ball on that. It's a beautiful world, but in terms of actually being able to like go into it and be excited by it, Fifteen's world was much better. And Arden was also yeah. a great villain, whereas I feel like Barnabas they kind of dropped the ball on 
putting him into the storyline at appropriate times. I mean, I don't even know if I'd call Barnabas the villain. It's, uh, um, you know, it's been like Ultima. five weeks. What's his name? Ultima. Ultima. Ultima, thank you. It's been five weeks since I finished the game. I completely forgot the dude's name. It's like Alien from Prometheus. He's, yeah, he's the main villain. Barnabas is just, you know. It's, it's, uh, it's Sayx. It's Sayx from Organization 13. Yeah, yeah. We're... Stra- same strange monologues. Yeah, he goes completely ape crap on us, and uh, that that was fun. Unfortunately, he's hey, wearing a mask. David Menken's enjoying the entire fucking time. Yeah, the problem is he's yeah, wearing a mask, I, I and I wanted to see his face when he's going ape shit. He's uh, he's lots of fun when he's actually there, but he kind of he's like in the game very early on, then just disappears for fifty percent of the runtime. It's kind of a mysterious decision. And Ultima's boring. And he monologues like a crazy Organization 13 member. I think I think we can officially say that Ultima is just a boring villain. He just he says the same I, damn thing every time. He has nothing else to say. I I really liked his uh, Amaro ish. PowerPoint, creepy PowerPoint he does for Joshua. He's <laughs> like, yeah. and now I will go next PowerPoint slide. Please continue this way to see it. Well, welcome to the void beyond. I have prepared some slides on these rocks for you. <laughs> he's, he's the most considerate villain. He's just like, I'll be here chilling in my giant evil crystal. You may finish all the side quests you like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, not in the hurry. I, I can't believe that that's two consecutive years where. Uh, uh, Ultima's voice actor plays the villain who spends pretty much the entire game chilling at a place in the middle of the game world called Origin. <laughs> you know what I loved Zena in Blade that... Three. You know what I loved oh, in that geez. game in uh, Final Fantasy Sixteen is that Ultima's doing the same speech he always does, where he's like, "You are Gnosis." What? Wait, what does he call Clive every time? Logos. Logos. Logos, logos. logos and Mythos. mythos. You are Mythos. Stop being me. Stop being Clive, be my mythos. And then at some point, like, towards the end of the game, Clive is just like, do you ever shut up? This is all you ever say is this same shit over and over again. Be my mythos. No. Be my mythos. No. I, mean, it's, I, it's, I also really enjoy good. Clive as a character. He's just, he's like a simpleton, but he's very charming in that. In a sense, Clive and Jack Garland are very similar characters, except Clive gets a moment to actually stop collect himself and be nice every once in a while he wasn't angry enough the story of an angry man we're gonna kill ultima like like clive clive definitely says fuck more times than uh jack garland jack only gets uh three usages i think two in the main game and uh one in the final dlc like when he uh he kills the main villain of the entire story and she's given her dying speech he just responds with shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh that's great you know that that is the kind of edgy that i think this series should keep up with it's just stupid enough that's great yeah wh- why wasn't clive ever you know turning on his limp biscuit on his phone when ultima's giving a uh a monologue was it limp biscuit on the phone or is just some anonymous but that rock? was an original song the, oh, that okay. was made for the game. Oh, I think I joked that it was uh, Limp Biscuit. <laughs> no, the the original song was um who who was it? It was My Way. It's this 
It's mostly my way, yeah. Yeah, my way, for some reason. One of the weirdest decisions. What a weird game. Strangers of Paradise is inexplicable. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah uh, like the, the ending of uh, 16th final boss fight. That feels exactly like something that would come out of that game. Like, in fact, even more cartoonish because uh, Stranger Paradise wouldn't have the uh, damage number for a million pop up when uh, <laughs> when Clive punches him in the face. And then he punches a hole through him, like it's Kung Pao into the fist, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that bit rolls. It does roll. That's that's what the game should be. And, like, for half the game, it's trying to be, like, high politics Masato Kato. Not Masato Kato. Uh, Yasumi Matsuno stuff. It's like, you game, you just don't have the chops. You don't care about the politics enough to do this stuff. You care about him punching a, a hole through the villain. So, like... The thing is, it doesn't really have enough moving parts for that because the uh, the nations of the world are almost completely non-entities. The story entirely revolves around the dominance itself, with the one exception of uh, the uh, point of t- the point of time where uh, you know, one of the royal dads is important. You know, the, your dad in Rosaria or uh, the uh, the emperor of Sambrek. Uh, Everything about the destruction of Sam Breck and the Bahama Fires is also one of the top tier moments. Uh, yeah. Most hyped murder of a child in fiction. <laughs> How does he die again? I forgot. Joshua. Not Joshua. Uh, um... No, Dion. Uh, Olivier. Yeah, he gets to get just fucking stabs the kid. Yeah. Dion, Dion is cool. I, I like Dion a lot. I like Joshua as well. It was really sad when Joshua first joins the party and. Joshua's like, wow, so exciting to be, like, adventuring with my big brother again. And Clive's like, shout out, Joshua. We're not here to have fun. But they do <laughs> so have rude. fun. That's like, Clive and Joshua together are actually the emotional core of this game. Where so much of the game okay. makes you think that it should be Clive and Jill. But that's not what it's going for at all. There's, there's, uh, you probably didn't do the side quest, but there's a cute side quest uh, where joshua and clive uh are told that there's a will from their father and they go on like a little adventure together to go and have the will read out and what what happens it's just like cute bonding moments where oh. joshua actually responds in the cutscenes and so on and they get like a little matching bracelet made for each other oh my god that's yeah, like <laughs> that last uh that last batch of quests has like one actual proper bonding moment with joshua and one proper bonding moment with jill and you could have had this throughout you know the other two two thirds of the post time skip uh, of the whole other two thirds of the story there's post time skip joshua helps with all three of those actually so he's got that one where he goes and gets the will read with clive then he's got one where he's like hey clive jill is very sad do you remember this time when you tried to look at flowers with Jill? Go and do that. Take her for a date, basically. He just, like, holds Clive's hands as he teaches Clive how to date his girlfriend. And then the other one is one about Torgal. Um, and Joshua accompanies you to a boat to go to this island that he, to, uh, Clive and Torgal used to escape to. And he's just like, well, you guys get on the boat. It looks like it only fits two people. Enjoy and waves you off. So Torgal counts as a person on the boat? 
Yes, okay. probably counts as a person, and, but and I think it's right clearly there. Joshua's got enough EQ to be like, okay. this is time for bonding. Okay, sorry, I, I don't want to doubt the personhood of dogs. I'm just confused how Final Fantasy 16 counts personhood. Torkoal's pretty big. He, he, he takes up a human-sized seat in a few things. He's also got, like, yeah. a super form. Which feels underexplored, but that's fine. <laughs> There's a side quest about his super form as well. Okay. So, but um, yes, it, it is bizarre that he just randomly transforms into a super a super wolf, and then it's kind of actually a frost wolf or something. And then it's kind of like, ah, whatever. We're just yeah, people a magic dog. People don't yeah. really pay enough attention to that. Also, they comment that Torgal's actually Jill's dog. But yeah. then, but that also feels underexplored. It... No, but then it turns out that actually Toggle's like Clive and can just absorb all icons or something. Alright. Yeah, basically his his powers have been getting stronger because like he's like probably a descendant of Fenrir and just being around other uh, being around dominance just enhances his powers and well he's been near all of them, so Maybe he's the dog mythos. And there's like a yeah, dog <laughs> Ultima that's taunting him. Well, the, the the dog, you know, the, he keeps saving Clive because they keep forgetting to crucify the dog. They keep, it's just a classic, a classic mistake by villains. You should always, you should always, if you're going to crucify the main hero, you should always crucify their pet dog as well. Always going to come and bite you. It so, happens to everybody. So this is what Pontius Pilate did wrong. He didn't crucify Jesus's dog. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Benedictus' scream of "fucking dog" might be one of the high points in this game. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, that was one of the movement moments that proved that it's going to be a cool game where uh, where Toggle just fucking leaps and grabs her by the neck and throws her. Speaking of Jesus, all right, we've had this conversation, I think, like internally, but I do want to get this on the podcast. It is so weird to me that Clive evolves or obtains the power. It's all very poorly explained in the game itself, where he goes from mythos to logos. Logos, of course, being the Greek word for word, which is what people call Christ, as in the word made flesh. So Clive almost literally becomes Jesus Christ at the end of this game. Yeah, and he exactly dies for his sins by turning into a rock. Yes. Which I believe is what happened. Um, I believe it end. I believe the the end of the book of Matthew is like he's Jesus is there. He's on the cross, and then an alien descends from the sky. He punches the alien so hard that he explodes, and then uh, turns into a rock. Uh, that's actually the, the Gnostic Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Well, and then the whole thing turns into a storybook by Joshua, just like the Bible. There you yeah. go. Yeah. It's 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 literally it's it's right there in front of us. Mm -hmm. This is a retelling of the Bible. Yes, and uh, Ultima, of course, would be the Demiurge, uh, so don't it's trust that guy, him. Yeah. yeah, the Aldeboth. Yeah, that guy. Uh, that guy just keeps. Um, uh, who is? Oh, your mom, your evil mom. Yeah, yeah, she's your mother. Is, yeah, of course, she's yeah. originally yeah, the, the original, the second, the second wife, the evil, the yeah. evil wife of Adam. She is maternity, but you know, twisted and unnatural, and she gives birth to a demon child. There you go. Yeah, it all works. Out. This is it. All right. <laughs> tune big, tune back next next podcast. Final Fantasy yep. 16 is seen through a Gnostic lens. Yeah, uh, this is my master's thesis. I'm yep. going to be uh, I'm going to be defending this in front of all of you. 
And then tune into the podcast of that, which is Final Fantasy VII as seen through a Kabbalistic uh, context. It's just me writing Sephiroth equals Spherote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, so I want to go back to uh, Yunchasan's uh, question like from 20 minutes ago that we unfortunately passed past, which was, uh, what kind of DLC do we want for this game? Um, besides super bosses and limit cuts, I think we I think we just desperately need short character DLCs where you get to play as Jill or uh, Sid Who Fucks or um, Joshua or whoever, so that they could at least you can at least get a little bit more from these characters because as as sort of as it is, you get very few character moments, and that's one thing that's that's deeply missing from the game. Yeah, I mean, if you did Sid's backstory, you would maybe be able to do Barnabas's rise in Ash, since Sid was his Lord Commander, I think. Uh, so yeah, um, I I feel like there is a plot hook that is uh, that really was not un- uh, really was not explored at all. That is begging for something to be said, uh, Leviathan. Like oh, all yes, that yeah. really happens is at one point Joshua looks at him, uh, looks at me, oh yeah, Leviathan the Lost is there. Well, go fucking find him. Um, <laughs> I, I think yeah, I think what happened it, was it just like commissioned an art from Amano and like put all the summons there and like ah we don't have time for Leviathan. <laughs> and aside from some sort of final mix esque expansion, which I I think is inevitable, like. One of the inspirations of this game is the Kingdom Hearts series. Like you had uh, Yoshida in one interview saying, "Oh well, when we started on this, Square Enix didn't really know how to make action games, except for Tetsuya Nomura and the Kingdom Hearts team." Uh, and also, like the Kingdom Hearts team worked on this game. Like I feel like, I feel like that kind of expansion to the game is inevitable. It even feels like it fits the structure because uh, people. Uh, kind of forget because uh, you know of the HD remixes uh, the original uh, English release of Kingdom Hearts 2 was almost as anemic as the original release of Kingdom Hearts 3 um, um, yeah. no uh, it had it 2 had a bit more 2 had a bit more but uh, yeah there, there is so much more added in, in the later versions yeah. oh, Kingdom Hearts 1, thing... uh, the original Japanese release, is very, very barren in terms of super bosses. It was oh, just yeah. the Phantom, yeah. and we don't, we don't talk about the Phantom. And one more thing, you know, stop chickening out with these nudity scenes. Give me photo mode during cutscenes. I want to see some dick. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see uh, yeah. specific <laughs> I want, I want Turgle Cam. Please, we need, we, need to, we need to be able to tilt the camera over so we can see the turtle watch the entire time. I, I want full camera control during that one Barnabas cutscene to just see what the <laughs> fuck was going on there. Is this uh, with Barnabas and his mother? Yeah. The one where Ultima's changing. Okay, okay which, which one of these people would you like to have sex with? Uh, like, I mean, Benedict is hot. Like, uh, uh, maybe you swing that way. Uh, uh, okay, fine. We'll go with the fucking incest. God. Yeah. So the Ultima presented the female option, the male option, the non-binary option, and Barnabas's mother. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's your dating profile there. All your JRPG options. 
Uh, let me think. What DLC do I want? Because I asked this question and I didn't actually consider it much. Let me uh, come to... I think what this game needs most is Blitzball. They should just uh, add a DLC where all the characters play Blitzball. And uh, it doesn't need to make any sense plot-wise. It's just, you just do it. And uh, of course Barnabas is the final boss of this. He leads the awful jock team that are very obnoxious. And all his players are um, uh, slept near. He's just got a whole team that, of slept near. And they're, they're total that, that dicks to you. That would be amazing, honestly. <laughs> they're total dicks yeah, I think, to you. I think, <laughs> I think beach volleyball DLC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, I think Square Next needs to hire me. I got this. And, of course, you go and you gather a team of all the various other Icon users. And, as I mentioned in the review, uh, Hugo Kupka is your goaltender because all he has to do is stand there. And they can't get past him because the dude's so big. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, Why make so actually, many this would, this would you tie in with, with catching Leviathan, like... like like if you want anyone to do uh, to get in your blitzball team, it clearly be you know the dominance of water. So we that's why we go we'll try and find Leviathan. You're saying you know, there, you probably is, there probably is there uh, probably is beach volleyball in Final Fantasy 15 somewhere. To be honest. So you and Shazam were saying something. Uh, what was it? No, I was just saying why it's, uh, why make all these hot characters if you're not going to put them in the beach episode. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Here you are. You know, it's the uh, it's almost the Marvel problem of everyone's hot but nobody's allowed to be horny. Except in yeah. Final Fantasy sixteen, they are allowed to be horny. Yeah. I'll give them that. Jill but I was clearly that. extremely horny for Clive for a long time. I'm honestly surprised that Clive knows what sex is. I don't think he does. I think I think why why do you think why do you think Tolkien was there in the beach scene? Someone had to teach him. Oh god. Oh, of course. I I, I uh, this is gross. <laughs> He's a dog, it's nasty. But no, like seriously, I think the game actually is implying that the beach scene is the first time either one of them possibly has had sex, if that's even sex at all. It's all metaphorical. And it's it's so weird that they're in their thirties by that point. I don't. I don't know what to do with that. I really don't. It is. A, it is a weird thing. The whole. Uh, yeah. Luckily, Sid is there. He has normal yeah, sex like, with men and like women. This game does. This game does feel like it takes about one tenth of the time that they say it takes. Yes. Like, one point eight years would be a lot more believable than eighteen. Maybe, you know what, this is not Earth, so when they say years, it could be like a year is three months. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it actually takes place on Mercury or something. And just, the Earth just spins really quickly. Yeah. Because, I mean, even what, Joshua... What was I doing during all that time? I, I, you know, even Joshua was getting some. I mean, he was sleeping with uh, his... I don't remember her name. His, uh, like, Yotai. assistant lady. Yotai. Does she have Yotai, a name? Yeah. What's her name? Yotai. Sorry. Okay. It's Yote. Yote? Oh, Yote. Okay. That's gotta be, like, a Norse reference, right? Yeah. Okay. Also, I think you wanted to ask what we want for her 17. I'd like us to stop killing God. Can we do a different plot other than killing God?
Well, I mean, the last Final Fantasy game where you don't kill God, if we're putting it beside Final Fantasy fifteen, is it it Final Fantasy twelve because they they actually the 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 villains are the ones that are doing that, putting the history back in the reins of and back in the reins of man, right? Uh, You're not opposed to it though. Not a lot of there's not a lot of capital G gods. There's a lot of false gods. So like fifteen, uh, I mean, they cancelled the bit where you were going to kill Bahamut. And then some people came up with a theory that the Bahamut in Stranger of Paradise is, uh, is the one that is the same as the one in 15 after the events of the book because they look very similar. Uh, 14, there's no real gods. There's a shit ton of fake ones and you kill all of them. Um, 13 is all 13 bad gods, yeah. 13 is 13, all 13 is someone who, who acts like a god but is... Uh, ex- it's demiurges all the way down. So, yeah, that counts as killing God. Even the Pope 12, is God, and he's also evil. Yeah. 12, technically, I mean, depends on what you think the Ikuria are. They're God. Um, They're, yeah, we don't really yeah, kill so, Ikuria. Yeah, but they, they become I mean, irrelevant. I mean, Vinar, I mean, you kind of kill Vinar. It's She kind of really committed suicide, though. It sort of counts. Um, eleven. Ten. I don't know. No one. Ten, ten. You did. You kill God. No. You ten. ten, you, ten, ten you, you do kill God. You have on. You have on. He's simultaneously God and Satan. Um, Nine. And I don't. I, we kill Necron God if we consider something. No. All right. Something. All right. Nine. Nine. You don't kill God, and eight. You don't kill God. Seven. You also don't kill God. Uh, but six, se- seven. All right, sorry. All right, well, Sephiroth is, of course, an emanation of God or something. Yeah, well, we, 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 we could tune back next time on the Kabbalistic interpretation yeah, of killing exactly. God. Yeah. All right, he's see, not. He's trying Kefka's to become God. God. He is not God. Yeah, Kefka is God. Yeah, uh, five. Uh, Xdef. Xdef's not a God. He's a character from a Cronenberg movie. Um, For after years, you kill God. <laughs> Yeah, four after years has God. Uh, four, four normal. It's um, moon people. Or normal. It's just some asshole. Uh, moon people. Three yeah, asshole moon guy. Three you kill. Kind of. Three you kill hot she's, she's, Satan, but she's not God. Yeah. Noah is yeah, the creator two, deity. Uh, in that two thing. you kill. Two you kill. Uh, two uh, the final boss kills Satan and becomes Satan. And then in the remakes, you also get to go to heaven and kill God. And one, no. Except for Dissidia, where yeah. they... Dissidia has, like, nine gods, and they're all evil. Every every emanation of Final Fantasy One has you killing God, or dealing with God for some reason. So there you are. That's the whole history of killing God in Final Fantasy backwards. Yeah. Perfect. But anyway, the point is, no more God, no more God next time. Just, just, uh, just good old-fashioned people. Oh, uh, maybe sh- a giant enemy crab. We do have to mention tactics because uh, Jesus is Ultima and is evil. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a that is a game. People say that Final Fantasy games get hijacked by gods halfway through the plot. That's not that true, except for that game. That is the game where God does hijack the plot halfway through, and you have to go kill God. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like on the technicality six, because you know it's it's hijacked by someone who is a god at that point, but for most of the story, is just known as that clown asshole. Yeah. 
when finally Emperor Joker shows up and Batman has to kill God. All right, so we were uh, we were talking about what we want out of seventeen. The question becomes, like, what plot do you have if you're not killing God? What else? What else do you do in the world? Road trip. Road trip. Just it's just bros. Yeah. It's bros. Just the bros on the road trip. Bros on the road. What I, you is... know, I don't know. I think it'll be a while, obviously, before the next Final Fantasy game. But I think they will react in the way they always do and make something just entirely different from the game we just played. And so I look I mean, forward tonally, to that. I mean, tonally, I would want something different because I don't want every game to be like this. Like, like you know, I don't think that the tone was bad. I think they could have done better with it, you know. But I don't want the next one to be another attempt at that because that gets too samey and uh, you know, Final Fantasy is uh, nothing if not inconsistent. Like, every... Like the last two games that you know, you could look at one, look at the other, and think, yes, this is clearly a direct successor of the previous one, uh, six and seven. Um, every, it's not really a proper mainline Final Fantasy title if it doesn't bring something new and completely unexpected to the table. And uh, often when I think about, st- and actually when I've been thinking about. Uh, what um i'd want out of another and a final fantasy 17 is less about like the tone or the story and more sort of technical concerns because this shit is getting expensive and taking forever like this uh i mean pre-planning for 16 started i think a few months before 15 came out like this was uh after heavensward um jesus but this stuff takes forever now and i mostly just think of you know taking taking like the early 3d titles so seven through ten that's an inspiration not for what exactly you should do but what kind of techniques were done there but because of technical limitations that should could still be applied today to save on time and money like you know you don't have to make gigantic lush uh, lush environments you can spin the camera around and see everything and you know, take forever to develop if you just have a fixed camera. I don't think you could pull a game off anymore with a fixed camera. I think you're kind of stuck with this general mode of what a AAA game is. It has to have voice acting. It has to have mostly realistic graphics. It has to have a free-flowing camera. It has to have semi-open world sections. It's got to have crafting and stuff. These are like requirements. If you're gonna make a game that's gonna sell, yeah, and semi-open copies. world sections just generally are bad. Yeah, like the like this AAA paradigm is part of the problem, and you have got to actually challenge that. Well, Why do, we don't need to have realistic graphics though. Nine is a beautiful game. Why can't we do stylism I, anymore? I, you know what? I agree with you. I think it's wrong that this is what the assumption is, but I think. I think you could do stylism to a point, but generally, if you're gonna want to sell a AAA game, you're gonna want to gonna want semi-realism. Like I like Final Fantasy 16 is not realism, because like look at Clive's outfit; it's preposterous. It makes no sense. Who's wearing that? <laughs> I mean, 
He's living his best life. Just let, just let him have it. All he's right? got so much swag. I'll give him that. Like he's he's just dripping with swag all game. Like yeah, you can really tell that this uh, was kept you know the most important part of the Final Fantasy series because the protagonist was dripped out to all hell and back. Yeah, I, I love that he's just like he goes to, like someone's house and like I found this old thing in your cl- your father's old dress in your closet and he's <laughs> like I don't know like I, I I don't know I'm supposed to be in disguise he's like no 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 it's fine just wear your father's ridiculous vampire outfit. No one will <laughs> ever think ever. No one ever he must think so much as well yeah, because if he's quiet yeah, like, and take it off for like ten years. Yeah, like why didn't the rest of Rosaria have this kind of drip? Like they just look like a standard fantasy kingdom when clearly you know the the guy who owned the place goes said, you know, let's just go full on on the golf shit. And you know what? Clive's dad didn't wear that costume. He wore a completely different weird costume. So I don't even know. Was that lady like lying to Clive? She's just like, I really want you to wear this because you are it's a like, beautiful it's man it's like and will look great in this costume. I'll make up that your dad like loved my, it. I got all this leather in my closet. And I just can't get rid of it. Rick, I need to find someone to give it to. The world is ending. You and must Clive's wear like, this costume. Clive's <laughs> going, is, it's a little bit tight, is that? And the lady's going, yeah, 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 that's exactly how it fits. Just keep wearing it. I love in the after the time skip, you can see he's worn it for so long because the costume is like dusty and dirty. It hasn't been washed. And it's just like, it, the Clive is extremely stinky in the, by the last half of the game. The level is too tight. I can't take it off now. You know what? I can't. It's fused to my skin. I just can't believe that Final Fantasy people have, like, body odor in any way. They're just, they're too porcelain. Their flesh just is not human like ours. There there can't possibly be sweat off these creatures. I mean, Final Fantasy X, no one got wet. So, even they went into the water. So, maybe it's, maybe it's true. Maybe they're just, like, smooth, like, statues. Water just drips right off them. They've got a lipid bilayer over all of them, so water just does not attach it anyway. That's the cigarette. Yeah. Come back to my master's thesis, the biology of Final Fantasy protagonists. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess the fault is if you're thinking about technical limitations, you can think about that and try and make your game around that. If you're conceiving, for example... A Final Fantasy game that just takes place in an enormous city, um, rather than having many different environments, uh, or I know a Final Fantasy game that takes place in the mind. Well, for some reason, there to be limitations in the style. That's a Final Fantasy that takes place in the spirit realm, and the spirit realm is some sort of black and white hellhole that you are in for like half the game, or whatever. You know what I think? I want. I do like that idea, but I, you know what I think? I'm going to say two things. I think my Final Fantasy 17, you put me in charge of this, the first thing I'm doing is I'm saying, you know what, we're going to do a pixel art turn-based game. We're doing it retro style. We just need to go and break up the monotony just a little bit. And I bet I'm going to get tons of pushback and Square Enix will fire me five minutes after I say that, but that's what they do if they make me dictator. Second thing is, I think... Square Enix's problem is they go and they always throw out the baby with the bathwater. Though 16 and 7 Remake do feel like more of a compilation of all the ideas they've had over all these years. I think what they need to do with 16 is they can make a fantastic game. Like a truly one of the best games of the year. 
if they keep working on this idea and expand it in more creative ways. And like one thing they need to do is that this game has sort of an open world thing. It just needs some kind of physics system. It just needs something where like this transformation into icons is not just something that happens in a cutscene. It should be something I'm able to do in the world. And that's an enormous that's an enormous thing to ask. Like it's not one of the smallest things you could ask for. It's enormous. It takes so much work. I mean, it's an insane thing for me to ask them to do. That's why Tears of the Kingdom took six years to make because of all the physics stuff that's going on there. But it's just something I I think the game needs to have. I think like a, a modern game needs more of a connection between your choices and the reality around you. And Final yeah. Fantasy sort of stuck I, with that. I I think the problem with sixteen is it's got one good system essentially which is the the combat gameplay and the rest is kind of vestigial so even if you don't have physics clash of being able to do things like well i've got titan's power now so i need to help this village by building a big wall with uh, all these rocks i can now conjure yeah i yeah. clive needs to go and help someone get a cat from the roof using his garuda power or something like that yeah there you go he needs to be a friendly neighborhood spider-man Okay. Yeah. I think I agree. And and I think that if they ever made a Final Fantasy 16 2, that would be something they should focus on instead of making it a time-traveling game. But, you know. So, do we have any further thoughts, or are we actually, like, wrapping up now? Yeah, one thing that uh, we kind of skipped on, the things that a, a 17 should do. Actually, first, first thing we first thing we would need to demand is female main character so that you guys are actually forced to write one correctly for fuck's sake yes absolutely yeah i didn't speak about this uh to not allow the uh, waves of feminine resentments to overwhelm this podcast it's bad jill is i've said this before i i think she's a scandal the way that she's written in this game like, is brutally unacceptable like, like i like, I think 16 is an improvement over 15, but that's just because you didn't fucking kill Jill off. I think Lunafrey is a better character than Jill. Yeah. I think... Lunafrey at least wants things, like, independently. Yeah. Like, address. And to send letters with a time-traveling dog. Uh, some co-mage, do you have anything else on top of that? No. No. Okay. I feel uh, like... I believe the, uh, the, the other request for uh, DLC is people in Japan apparently really want you to be able to romance Jewel and take her on dates throughout the world. I wouldn't be against it. I mean, they'd have to go and write Clive and Jill, you know, romance scenes which they've done one of and those two characters basically have no chemistry whatsoever in the game because jill is not really a person so it's impossible to have chemistry yeah because you can just like see them like in like a cafe it's like so how about that weather oh you know it's purple i guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the other thing i wanted to bring up as well is in terms of the ending i read a lot of bizarre speculation on reddit where people seem to believe that joshua is dead and actually this 
book is written by someone else and the going theory appears to be that they think Clive wrote it. And I think that's nonsense because I don't think Clive is capable of writing a book. <laughs> Clive is, is Clive illiterate? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like his family didn't really let him go to school and they said it was like, you are the, you're the spare, go to military school, work out how to swing sword good. And I think it's really funny when Joshua speaks and talks to you and interacts with other people. You're like, ah, oh, this is why you're the heir. Yeah, he, he like, is actually be, someone that can run things. Clive's just not. It, it would be funny if Clive's death scene was a fake out because, like, they're doing all the flags. Like, you know, it's, you know, like, he's, he's fucking turning to stone. He, he collapses in a way that's often used to, the, to distinguish someone someone dying. Like, yeah, he's probably dead, but at the same time, it would be really funny if just, like, the next morning, oh, I'm fucking tired, what did I do last night? Looks at his, looks at his rock hand. Shit. <laughs> I don't think this game ever showed you anything in a cutscene that was not literally true, except for a few illusions by Ultima, so I don't know why you doubt what you saw with Clive dying. At any point. I mean, there's the entire fake out bit at the opening where you're like, who is Ifrit and Joshua dies, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's Phoenix. Phoenix is just going to come back. Yeah, like, it's up to interpretation what actually happens, but it doesn't really seem to be that ambiguous on, on the fact that Clive probably didn't make it. Though, if Clive is Jesus, he will return he in three back. days. And then, then he'll disappear again and uh, say he's coming back soon, but then thousands of years will pass. So. Yeah, he gets sad. Yeah. One day, I'm sure. A any day now. As a matter of fact, I have a formula that says it's going to be, uh, I think it's like 1846. So, yeah, then. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I calculate the, the age of the universe and therefore it's going to happen in the, in the mid-19th mid century. Nothing bad could possibly happen to me if I say yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Don't believe the lies. It's a false messiah. It's always a divic. Oh, dang. That's what Final Fantasy XVII needs. It needs a divic. Yeah. Yeah, we should have a Final Fantasy game where you you are fighting against the Dubic, the False Messiah, and then it turns out you are the Dubic all along. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. You know, not just Sephiroth, but, uh, you know, proper Kabbalah, and the god you have to kill has uh, 10 or 11 forms. I think I think you should have the, like, have a golem. Like, it, it takes place in 17th century Prague. There's a golem. That would be a great Final Fantasy game. It turns out you thought you were the rabbi that created the golem, but really you're a golem created by yet another rabbi. Yeah, and it just it just rabbis all the way down. It's golems <laughs> all the way down. Yeah, is that right? That's that's the twist. I, I thought that's the plot of the new games. The new games? They were all they were all golems created by rabbis. Yeah. It's all it's all the it's all robots all the way down. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, everyone's a robot. All right, I welcome think, to the uh, Final Fantasy podcast where we spoil other series for you. Yeah, where slowly... well, it's not a spoil in near Automata that the main characters are robots. That's kind of the premise. 
but yeah anyway yeah as we slowly turn more and more towards the occult and esotericism <laughs> yeah i think uh i think we're mostly towards the way of wrapping up right yeah okay probably yeah 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 we're just getting into weirder and weirder territory so this has been the final fantasy wiki podcast i'm your host blue highwind and with me was skate some car mage and yunchasan this is a monthly podcast and uh next month well next month we might have a different kind of podcast so look forward to that um as for this month's episode, uh, our podcast music was La Montana de los Jovenes Caballeros, which is by Expert Novice off the OC Remix uh, Balance and Ruin soundtrack. It's Mount Colts from Final Fantasy VI. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VI, you should definitely play Final Fantasy VI. It's better than Final Fantasy XVI. I think that's everything I'm supposed to say, right? Do I got anything else? Is there any other things uh, I'm supposed to it. say? That's everything? Okay. Uh, well, uh, with that, I woke up at 6.30 this morning and I've done many things today, including podcasting, so I'm going to go to sleep. Should we have been allowed to perv on Zoom? I don't know. Hippocrates. I... <laughs> <laughs> As it turns out, as it turns out, he's got a rocking body underneath all those ropes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they they should have uh, let us uh, you know, use photo mode during the cutscenes. Yeah, he's got like an eight. Uh, I think maybe FS yeah. would have been improved if it allowed you to romance different characters, so you could try and romance Gab. I think I think Hippocrates is now canonically just absolutely jacked. Yeah, he's like uh, he's like Master Roshi. And he just like yeah, he just exactly. pulls the power scale and all of a sudden he's got big bulgy muscles. Alright. The reason he can't move is because of all the muscles. <laughs> yeah. It's because he never does he leg day. His legs down. are shriveled, shriveled and weak. But his his upper body is just insane. 